Welcome to the Intuitive Therapist Podcast with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as the angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all. This is Janice Cohen, the intuitive therapist here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. I am excited today because we're going to talk about something really fascinating and to somebody who is really fascinating. We're going to be talking about near-death experience and life after death. Stories of near-death experiences have always fascinated me, and and I will be speaking more about this topic uh, in a future episode, that's for sure. But I have a question for you. Have you ever met somebody who has had a near-death experience, or did you and did you believe their story? Until now, researchers assume that once the heart stopped beating and stopped sending vital blood to a person's brain, all awareness immediately ends. Well, actually, technically, the person is dead at this point. But as researchers have learned more about the science of death, and of course, the thousands of near-death experiences that have been reported by survivors, the world is beginning to understand that in some cases, the condition of dying is reversed. If you've heard stories of people or have watched shows or read books on the topic of near-death experiences, then you know that people have reported amazing details and experiences during the time that they physically died and then came back to life. Near-death experiences are out-of-body experiences where the person's body is technically dead, but their soul travels outside the body to see, hear, and know things that they couldn't possibly know. Those who have experienced near-death experiences visit heaven and encounter many different energies, entities, and yes, God. The ultimate experience was a sense of bliss, from what I understand, unlike anything they have ever experienced before. And people who have come back from, come back to life from near-death experiences have come back with cha- a changed understanding of themselves, others, and most importantly, life. Today, I have the pleasure of sharing my friend with you, David Hansel. He's going to talk about his near-death experiences and the wisdom he's gleaned from his time away from his body while in a coma. Let me tell you a little bit about David. He's a medium, spiritual teacher, psychic, and near-death experiencer. His goal is to simplify spirituality through channeling the spirit people and loved ones during mediaship galleries and readings. He's a podcaster. I'm going to share his podcast with you uh, at the end of our time today. And he's an emerging author. He's known for using laughter and honesty to interpret the spirit world. And I have firsthand experienced David's reading, and it was was pretty amazing um, and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my time with him. So, David, welcome. So happy to have you. Thank you so much, Janice. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Without a doubt. Okay, so let's jump right in. Uh, I am, as I said, I'm uh, just completely fascinated by near-death experiences. I have not experienced one myself, but tell me, tell me what happened to you. Tell tell everybody what happened with you. Throughout my research, even after this happened to me, uh, I will tell you this: one, it is based on belief. So doctors, uh, a lot of times they'll say when this happens to somebody, their brain keeps functioning and whatever you've learned in your lifetime, that's pretty much what you're going to see. And that is true. It's very true. I have found out that your beliefs um, are going to manifest what happens to you when you first go. Um, so I always tell people, be careful of what you believe in. <laughs> you know, you make t- sure- explain that a little bit more. What does that mean? Well, what happens is because of the fact why you're here, uh, you have to have the understanding that the world around you, you are creating. It is yours. It's your, you create what you want. If you want to see outside, you walk out your door and you go see outside. If you want to see certain trees, you're going to look at a certain tree. You're going to notice a certain bird. You're going to notice certain situations. That's just how it works. It is the same way when you die. 
So, uh, which one, I hate to even say die because there's really no such thing. That's there really true. isn't. The, the um, body dies, but the soul That's it. The physical right. body dies, that's right. it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's pretty much immediate. Uh, what, you, what you believe in is what you get. So a lot of people who first die, they're under the belief a lot of times beforehand that there's a white light. They're under the belief that their loved ones come and stand next to them and that uh, angels come and stand next to them and so on and so forth. This is true if that's what you believe. The interesting thing is there's other people like me. I, didn't, I don't have any religious beliefs. I had stopped. <clears throat> I was allowed by my wonderful parents to go through different kinds of religions. And when, I was, when we were 14 years old, the rule was, you go to whatever church you want to go to if that's what you want to do. I had decided when I was 14 that just because how I was born, which is another story, I was, I was born remembering a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So when I would go to church, I would be like, no, that's just incorrect. I was five <laughs> years old when I was in church thinking, you know, when they talked about angels and, and Catholicism, which was absolutely beautiful, mm -hmm. uh, I would go to these uh, churches with my father and I would talk about angels to like the priests and stuff. And they'd say, well, you, you don't talk to angels. That's your imagination. <laughs> no, it's not. I talk to them all the time. Sure, I've been talking sure. to them since, since a little kid. Yeah. You know, so you're wrong. And then in my mom's religion, <laughs> who is Baptist. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I should be in therapy. Yeah. And <clears throat> so in Baptist, they talked about hell and all that stuff. And I knew. Even as a child, I said, that's crazy. There is zero such thing as how. I, I, I don't know anything about it. it. It just felt like it wasn't right. And, and I was correct um, <laughs> that when I died. So I didn't have that belief. So when this happened to me, um, which I'm writing about in my book, I, um, I, I didn't like all the things that I used to see as a child. I mm. didn't like it. What it did was, you see? Scared. What did you see? Oh, gosh, I saw ghosts. I saw mm -hmm. all kinds of things. Every house we were in was a haunted house. And I couldn't understand why. People talked about haunted houses. I'm like, why is every house we move into <laughs> got things running around? And, and as it turned out, it was because of me or that person. I was just able to pick up everything. And my mom would see them, too. My mom knows. She's like, yeah, I saw them. I heard them all the time. Um, but I didn't like it. I didn't know what it's supposed to be. I was always told I was crazy child. Mm -hmm. I was told that I was just had a big imagination and that's all it was. So I fell into that trap, of course, like most kids do when they're told that everything that you've been seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, everything is wrong. You're preconditioned to be just quote unquote, a normal human being sure. who says there's no such thing as ghosts. There's a God. If you're bad, you go to hell and you burn there. This is your mm -hmm. one shot and that's it. I kind of fell into that and said, okay, well, maybe I am crazy. So I spent a good 20, 30 years, you know, doing drugs and drinking and everything I could to make it go away. And I will tell you this, it doesn't matter how many drugs you do or drink, they're still there. <laughs> they don't go anywhere. That's so true. Yeah. yeah, they don't go anywhere. Yeah. So uh, I had actually in 2014 finally said after, you know, started to come out as a psychic person to friends and so on and so forth. And they said, well, they always knew something was up. They said you would stare off into the sky constantly as a child. You, you just had zero attention span. I'm like, I know I was always listening. You know, what are you telling me? Why are you telling me this? Just let me have my life. Um, Quit being so crazy. <laughs> and in 2014, I got sick of it. And I finally just said, you know, God, I've had enough. I've, I've lost everything. I'm, I'm an alcoholic now. I'm addicted to drugs. I'm sick of hearing things and knowing things. And it doesn't do anybody any good. It doesn't do me any good. I wish you would just let me die. Just mm. do something. So I started to get sick. And I got sicker and sicker and sicker. And I thought, well, okay. Uh, in 2015, finally, uh, my parents, I wasn't walking anymore. I was throwing up everything I ever ate, including water. Everything got bad. They took me to a doctor and actually I had to go to that doctor in a wheelchair 
because I couldn't move hardly. So my parents went and rented a wheelchair and got me to the doctor. The doctor told my parents, well, we think he just has like a cough or something. Um, we're going to give him some cough medicine because I was coughing. Uh, we're going to give him some cough medicine and he's so tired and everything because he hasn't been eating. So he just needs to get some nutrition back in to him and they sent me home. So I went back to my parents' house because they were taking care of me and my parents were supposed to go to Wisconsin to visit my family where I'm actually from. And within about two days after they had left, I started to really get sick. I didn't recognize, I started not to recognize where I was or anything else. Um, I had I got apparently fallen asleep for a little bit, opened my eyes and just the walls looked like they were breathing and everything was just going in and out. And I thought, oh, okay, um, I did ask for this. So here we go. So I, I walked, I got out of my bedroom and I started to walk down the hall for some reason. And my little brother walked into the room and he goes, David, and I'm like, what? And he said, you look like, you know, bad word. <laughs> you look like crap. And he said, what's wrong? And I said, I just stood there and I remember saying, I'm going to die now. And that was it. I, I apparently collapsed on the floor and then I woke up two months later. Oh. So what happened is I was misdiagnosed with, I had pneumonia and sepsis had been running through my body for a very long time. And so everything I was tasting was infection. Uh, my left lung was 70% covered in infection. And uh, I took to the hospital, called my parents in Wisconsin, said, your son's here. Um, we believe he's probably going to die. And uh, could you, are you coming back home? Can we take him to another hospital in Charlotte, which is a bigger hospital because they're specialists there. And my mom said, yes, please. So they took me there. And that's when I guess they proceeded to do surgery um, on my lung. They put something in it. I forget what it's called. It starts with an E where they surround like this little dot in your lung. <clears throat> so it doesn't expand the infection. And I watched that. Ooh. And that was odd. And that's when I knew something was up. I so remember... let's, let's go back. Let's go back. Because mm -hmm. this is, this is, I want to know, you, you passed out on the floor. Were you dead at that time? And they transported you? At what no, point I wasn't did you at, I, leave your body and then all of a sudden start seeing? Okay. Okay. I wasn't dead at that time. Okay. <clears throat> at that time, it was close to flatlining, but they took to the first hospital, they said I wasn't doing well. They couldn't fix me. They had to move me on to the next hospital where the um, specialists were. Uh, I don't remember that ride there or anything else. Like I said, I was, I was out at that time. I was just, it was just blacked out. No memory of it. No, nothing, just not even present. So I was still in my body and that's what happens when you're in your body and you black out. You're just not present, yeah. but you're still here. Sure. It was, at one point, it felt like I woke up. Do you and, remember what that point was? Yeah, a doctor came down by my ear and just whispered kind of that they were going to start surgery now. Mm. And I was like, uh, to them, I was sleeping or blacked out. To me, I was hearing it and actually could see him. From above, and then they, were or no, from right in that you were, in that place, you could see which through was, your eyes and yeah. kind of be able to. Wow. Yeah. So I remember turning my head to the left and watching them do stuff, and it didn't hurt. There was nothing. I was just sitting there watching, and they were talking, and I even knew what they were talking about, which is just a lot of medical stuff, and um, then there seemed to be a panic on their side. And that's when I think that's when I left mm. whatever they're panic about, which is basically maybe my heart stopped real quickly or it was, you know, during surgery, which, which happens quite a bit really to people. That is the moment where I knew I was just transported to another place right off the bat. And, but it wasn't, I didn't go into a white light. The cool thing was I, was standing in it looked like dark space and it was beautiful it was just velvety black mm. and i knew there was two 
we'll call them people. <laughs> I knew there was two people standing next to me on my right side and there was one on my left. And I couldn't see them, like, but I knew they were there. And I felt great. I was like, I felt safe. I felt all these things. And I remember just turning to one of them to my right and I could kind of see like this, I guess like a foggy image. And I said, where am I? Where, where am I from? That was my first question. Where am I from? I know there's got to be something different going on. I just had it in my head. And they pointed ahead or like motion for me to look ahead. And there was this, <clears throat> there was the white light, but it was from the side. I can't tell you what an amazing, beautiful, beautiful light this was. It was white and golden. And you could see all these beings going up into this light and it didn't go straight up. Wow. It went to the angle. It went on an angle and they all were going for it. thousands of them, thousands of them. And I, I could not get close enough to tell you exactly what they looked like, but some of them had wings. Some of them didn't have wings. Some of them looked like people. Some of them looked like other entities. And they were all going here and they said, that's where you're from. Ooh. And I'm like, what? And <clears throat> they pretty much motioned to me that you can't go in there now. You can't go there now. And then I went right to, this is where it's a little bit more typical. I walked into this, um, it was almost looked like Grand Central train station, almost, but it was white and glimmery and beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I walked in, there was nobody there. And there was like a bar. <laughs> and it was so weird. There was like, it looked like a bar, but it was like white marble. It was just beautiful, wow. this place. I can't even, and I sat down at a chair because that's just what I thought. Uh, maybe I'll just sit here and wait for someone. And I had heard a voice, which is so comical. And he said, so did you just get here? <laughs> around like, and I couldn't see anybody. And I said, yeah, I just got here. And there was bottles of, there was, I guess not, not booze bottles, but there was bottles of all these different beautifully colored liquids just in front of me or something. It was just beautiful. That might've been like a mixture of my humanness and my other thing, trying to put stuff together for me. Yeah. But the voice, I never saw the person. He said, so you just got here? I said, yes, I did. And he said, well, um, they'll be ready for you shortly, okay? And I said, yeah. And he just made me feel very welcome. And I looked down and there's a big old suitcase next to me. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I seriously thought to myself, oh my gosh, we bring a suitcase with us to heaven. That is so <laughs> odd. And I looked down and I grabbed the suitcase and because I heard another voice, sorry, the same voice came back and they said, okay, they're ready now. So I grabbed my suitcase and I started walking up these steps and I was going down this long, beautiful, beautiful hallway. And it seemed like the ceiling just never ended. And it seemed like the hallway never ended. It was oh. beautiful. It was comfortable. The stepping even, it wasn't like when you're walking here, like you could feel gravity. You knew you were walking, but it was just the most comfortable stride you've ever taken in your entire life and just going down here. And there's four beings at the end coming up. And I thought, who is that? And as I got closer, I realized that's all four of my grandparents. Oh. And I was so excited. And I just started walking faster towards them. And I was like, grandma, grandpa, mamo, papo. That was my other grandma, oh. grandpa. And <clears throat> we hugged and everything. And, they, and we talked, but we didn't talk with our mouths. We just kind of always knew what was being said. Yeah. And I sat with them for just a second and they said, well, you have to go back. Okay. And I said, I don't, don't want to go back. I'm done there. I'm done. I said, no, you have to, you have to, sorry. You have things to do. We're going to be here. Don't worry. Did they tell you what things you had to do? Nope. Okay. <laughs> they did not. Okay. They just said, you have to go back. You have things to do. That came later on. That was told to me by other beings. Okay. So they uh, set me back and when I went uh, back, I went back for just a moment. And at this point I was, I guess I had opened my eyes in the hospital. I, I guess I survived whatever. And I was no longer in that operating room. So <clears throat> time here had, things had went on here 
<clears throat> but in in my sense, um, it was like that. It was it was quick, you know, or it felt kind of like I was over there for a while. But here it was like a lot quicker, maybe a couple of hours that went by. And I kind of woke up and I guess I kind of woke up and then I fell asleep again. To the doctors and everything, I had never opened my eyes yet. But to me, I was totally, I knew where I was. I wasn't trapped in a comatose body. So don't, if everybody don't feel like you're going to be trapped, if you go into a coma, if you're still thinking, trust me, you don't need this body. Your mind goes every place else. I remember when I got back, I was just amazed. And I was, I walked around the hospital. I mean, without my body. Is that, is that what you, would you kind of venture to say that everybody who goes into a coma has that freedom? Where they're just I, wa wandering around and, you know, they I, see I, everything? Um, from what they had told me, because I had asked over and over, there are some people who go into the coma who will not remember anything when they wake up. But for the most part, when they're in that coma, their mind is still free. Okay. So their soul is still free. Mm -hmm. um, it is not trapped in a body. Now, there are some people who have experienced um where they were trapped in the body like their mind was functioning and they could hear everything going on around them but they couldn't move anything um i had asked the spirit people that i know about that and they said that was that was something that they wanted to experience ah being so staying in the they, body yeah, got it staying okay. in the body and having that but they said for the most part it, it, i mean literally for as far as the spirit world goes anything we experience here in human life including like years of pain or um, eaten by a lion or <laughs> falling off out of a building, they said it is that is such a quick moment in time that you will never ever care about mm. again. It's not going to affect you in the afterlife. It only affects you here. That's when, like people say, I'm not afraid to die, but I, I'm afraid how I'm going to die. That's true. That's I mean, even me to this day, I'm not afraid of dying. I welcome it. Yeah, you know, too. I almost can't. I almost can't wait. <laughs> I'm like, yay! You oh know? yeah, this is gonna be so cool. Um, but you know, we always have that human fear of how you know how it's gonna happen. Sure, you know? sure. We sure, don't sure. want a car to hit us. But I will tell you this: there's something that I learned about a long time ago, and it's been dubbed called the promise of heaven which is no matter how you die if there is no need for you to experience the pain of it you're taken before it um a lot of times they've told me human beings leave the body even if like say let's go back to it's it sounds morbid but we're going to try to make it a little funny for a moment a, a tiger attacks you and you're being eaten by a tiger and you're screaming and yelling in pain saying oh god please help me did you know that you're not really even there really? at that point yeah it's it's the soul can separate itself and the body just keeps going through the motions. Um, I found that out when I had hit a squirrel in my car after shortly after I came out of the coma when I started driving again like a year later, I had ran over a squirrel and it and it seemed like this squirrel literally jumped in front of my car. I'm like, are you serious? And <laughs> they always and, do. Yeah, and oh, I literally I had to I had to pull over and I cried so hard and i'm like why are you I've doing this that. to me why yeah. did you send me back just to kill you know i was just went through everything in my mind you know and um i went back home and i had these dreams started happening about that squirrel mm. and i woke up with this complete knowing and i wrote down details and everything that um they explained to me one it was the squirrel's time to go it, he was done he was just like yeah i'm done so he just ran he got hit by the car to them they don't care they sure. know exactly they know exactly what's happening you know that's that's where the animals have one up on us um they have a lot up on us really mm -hmm. but that's one thing they have up on us they're completely connected so when they go they're like they're still a squirrel even right after the car hits them well when i had run over the squirrel i had i remember looking at my rearview mirror and the squirrel was flopping around in the ground and i thought oh my god please just oh i know die. horrible horrible they told me straight out that is just the physical body going through the physical body emotions because it still exists and it still exists for people to see those squirrels already gone mm. he's he left well, that's, like right that's a before relief. that car even yeah before that car even hit it it was gone so you're not watching a squirrel in pain 
the squirrel, if the squirrel can't, if you can't get back to your body, you're going to go over automatically. So say it wasn't my time to die or however you think of it, but I got run over by a train and it cut off the lower half of my body. And it was just like, it was senseless. It's like, you can't repair you. You're going to die. If my soul's out of the body, I will look back at that and go, Oh, that's just senseless. <laughs> I'm just going to stay here, you know? And that's exactly what animals do too. They pretty oh. much, Oh, I can't get back into that. You know, I'll just come back at something else later on, you know? Yeah. So um, going back, uh, being in the hospital, <clears throat> After a while, uh, most of the, after the near-death experience, though, I want to tell the viewers that you don't have to have your brain and your heart stop in order to have a near-death experience. You can be taken through a huge ordeal. Um, sometimes there are rape victims that they have been beat up and raped so hard. They have left their body during that. The dissociation? The soul it, it is kind of yeah but it mm -hmm. was not called that, not not saying. all not yeah. all yeah, yeah not all yeah um but a lot of them some of them some people who have been so traumatized will come back and say oh yeah i talked to god why this happened or i talked to, i saw jesus why this happened mm. and i believe them because mm -hmm. i don't know what they tell them you know i i mean it's still an awful thing and but I will say that sometimes they're they're not present toward, uh, towards it, and that's to me is also a near death experience when they go there. You can be taken from the body while your body's still here. Your soul can leave the body, and oh, it does sure. all the Every, soul yeah. leaves the body all the Astral time. After travel at night, I yeah, mean, shoot, all the time. So many yeah. people do it. I mean, I do it all the time. There's so Every, many people do don't you even know realize something? they're doing it. Yep, everybody does it two or three times a week. Yeah, I mean, so when people go, I miss my mom, I'm like, sometimes I want to tell them, you you seen your mom like twice last week <laughs> and the week before, and you guys had tea, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, yeah. But but you don't remember. Sure. There's many reasons why we don't remember, and and a lot of it is it, it it'll change our life too much mm. here. I will say this: they had told me on the other side that they are very careful. Everybody's very careful about how they change, they're not allowed to change your life. Once you come here, you've got free will, free will from everything. Sure. And as much as they try to guide you, you still do whatever you want to do. Right. Um, so they can't change it. I mean, there are instances where they might save you if- from, Intervene, uh, sure. Yeah, but usually when they intervene, it's not as much for your sake it's for everyone around you yeah. because if you had if if you were to go it might upset the balance of what the others around you Makes are supposed sense. to learn and so on the other side it's decided between your higher self and everything okay hey i know it'd be great to be here but if i do aunt maddie or the neighbor next door or the girlfriend or boyfriend i'm supposed to meet two years from now their plans will get messed up mm -hmm. so you stay so you come back. So a lot of times you do come back for very unselfish reasons. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I did not want to come back. Um, <laughs> I all. don't you don't you I mean, anything I have ever read anything I've ever seen in terms of documentaries, even, you know, uh, talk to people it's like the experience is so blissful, w whatever blissful means peaceful, beautiful, loving, just free. Limitless. That also does now. This here's a really cool or not cool part. Um, it is for most people, whatever yeah. they see. But there are people who have had near death experiences, like Dante's Inferno, when mm. he talked about, you know, I went to hell, or people talk, or you'll have pastors or preachers or whatever who said, oh, yeah, during my death experience, I saw hell. And this yeah, and that. I wonder about that. I was going to ask, I can about tell that. you. Tell me, the does law that of, exist? It's the law of belief. Yeah, so yeah all, the law okay. of belief. Yeah, you get it. You get exactly what you what you want. Um, it doesn't last long, but you do get what you want, what you believe in. And so, if if you had this, um, let's say, all your life you're devout some kind of religion, and you were taught hell, hell, hell for everything you ever did, and you know that you've done all these things, so you know you're fearing hell, and then all of a sudden you have a near death experience first thing you're going to go to might be those places because in your head and in your heart and in your soul, you truly believe that you were bad and should be punished. 
Yeah. So it's what you know. It's what you've been taught. Yeah. But, wow. but you never really are. There, there are when people talk about, you know, I said, you know, God still loves Hitler and everybody. I mean, people think, you know, they really want all these people to be punished. Now, they're not, you're, you're not punished by, uh, by a God. You're punished by yourself and by the deeds you did and your vibrations. So when you do go over, you are going to match with the vibration you're at. Mm. So let's say if you're a really bad serial killer here, you know, um, you don't go over there and burn in hell, you know, unless that's what you kept thinking, you know, you have some sort of remorse, you're probably going to go through that, but you are going to be matched to a situation or a reality that is more in yours. So you're probably going to be with a million other extremely emotionally sad and distraught people and beings. And that's where you're going to be. And until you can come out of it until somebody can get you and explain to you what and why, what you did. And are you sorry for what you did? You know, how did you want to do it? You know, then you'll start coming back out of it. There is no soul left behind. There really isn't, you know, they want every, everybody wants everybody to be walk in beauty and love. Mm. They really do. So eventually there are souls who have done very terrible things mm -hmm. who are now very angelic like souls. Yes, because, because they yeah. know why. Yes, they've learned. Right. Yeah. Very and it, sure. who knows? And, and, and the other side is very patient in the fact that they don't care how long it takes. They're always going to be there for you. Now there are, you know, and another thing too, we've all been murderers. We've all been rapists. We've all been murdered. We've all been raped. We've all been through all these things, you know, it's to the degree in your intention, I think is how, how it happened, how something would happen to you in the following life. If I was a very evil person and mm -hmm. just said, I'm coming into this life just to murder people just because I'm getting off on it. Oh, trust me. You, your next reincarnation or wherever Ooh, you go boy, from there, it's gonna has, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> going to be hard, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and that person goes, well, are you going to be murdered then in the next life? No, not if when you go over, you're still, I murdered people. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're going to go right back into another body that does that again. Mm -hmm. Somebody needs, and then other souls will go, I'm going to reincarnate with this person to see if I can get to them, you know, while they're alive and maybe change their minds or help them you know, see in their heart. And, and it can happen like that too. A million different stories. There's yeah. a, a million different lives. That's true. I, and when I do past life regression with people all the time, and it is unbelievably fascinating helping them understand why they're experiencing something in this incarnation. Uh, and then in regression, they go back to experiencing the exact opposite. Once they make that yeah. connection, it's like, wow, they can now yeah. release that, then you can let it go right yeah. and and kind of make your reparations and and rise and all of that so, I, I saw i saw they showed me some past lives did they and yes they still continue to do that to me i'm gonna tell a quick story sure um, as a child i was always afraid to go in the water i never i could never go in the water i could not go underwater as a child they people used to tease me they'd say swim over here i'd swim with my head above the water or I wouldn't go in the water. And when I was a little kid, my, my mom and dad would laugh because I'd say, David, go underwater and swim. And I said, no, because I, if I go underwater, I need to breathe. Yeah. And they said, well, you can't breathe underwater. So just go underwater. I'm like, no, if I go under, I'm going to breathe. And they said, well, okay, then don't go underwater. <laughs> so I never did. <clears throat> after Sometime after the coma, um, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about some deep stuff and I kind of fell asleep and I was talking about that. And they had showed me a past life um, and they'd kind of touched on it in the coma, but they brought it back afterwards where they said, they showed me, I was a woman at this time, particular time. And this, I don't know what century it was, but anyway, all I can remember what they showed me and they put me in the position. I was a woman who either was fell off or pushed off a ship. And I just watched the ship go away as I sat in the middle of the ocean. So they were just leaving me there. I had no choice at that moment. I remember sitting around thinking, what are my choices? And I was like, there was none, but mm -hmm. I had a strong faith in God in that uh, incarnation. So I just asked God, I'm going to come see you now. And I put my head underwater and I took a breath. Mm -hmm. I drowned and I drowned myself. And it was very peaceful. Mm -hmm. It was very peaceful. There's nothing else I could do. 
So, because uh, some people ask me, well, then you committed suicide. I'm like, hmm, there's like a a point where no, it's not really committing suicide. I had no other choice. I mean, I could just become, you know, chum for a shark right. at that point. Right. But it was just to go, and I yeah. went. And they had told me, David, you've already done that. <laughs> you've, you've already done that. So you don't have to worry about you don't that. Have to anymore. worry about that, yeah. And so, yeah. And to this day, I go swim underwater all the time. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, so as soon as Beautiful. I found that out, and people go, well, do you think that's real? I'm like, whether it is or not, guess what? I can go underwater, <laughs> so I don't really care at this Exactly, point. right, right, you right. Know, right. I, you right. Know, sometimes people, you have to take your own faith in what you believe and, no and go with that and no go question. with that. Yeah, mm -hmm. so here you are, sick, in a coma, kind of lifting yourself out of your body, seeing things people don't realize you're seeing, traveling. What happens, what was something that in a coma was quite remarkable to you um, that you have been able to share with people? Is there something maybe that you learned or what you learned about people or peace you made with someone? What was remarkable yeah. about that for you? Well, not all, you know, not all of my experience was all love and light and doves and, you know, I also went through shaman sickness, which I knew nothing about shamans before this. Never even heard the word, really. Would um, you describe shaman sickness? I literally was torn apart from limb to limb. Everything was torn apart. Everything that I thought what I, that I had done in this lifetime that I deemed as terrible and nasty, embarrassed of, remorseful of, they said, no, we're going to show it all to you. You're going to go through it right now. Mm. And I watched and I watched it and it was awful. And I also watched, I went through the experience of animals. Uh, I went through their experience of being um, tortured. I went through their experience of going through slaughterhouses. I went through all these experiences. In the end, they're all fine, trust me. But I went through all these. They mm. basically... Through shaman sickness, they they tore you tear you apart, get rid of all the nasty karma that you've accumulated in this lifetime, and said, "Now we start over. Now we put you back together." So it, it literally limb from limb. I mean, wow. I can remember I was put on a table and pushed down this hallway, and people and things and situations were literally chopping me up with knives. Mm. I didn't feel any pain. Mm -hmm. There's no physical pain. The emotional pain was terrible. When I came out of it. And this is before I even woke up from the coma. I remember taking a deep breath and there go, there you go. You're, you're you now. Now yeah. we start over. Okay, Beautiful. now we start over. And then they just said, this is how you're going to do it. And um, they had explained to me that, yes, it's real. You've been talking to angels all your life. All those ghosts that you saw, those were real people just trying to get hold of you. They were just trying to, they were trying to get to you to tell you, this is who you are. This is what you are. I didn't listen. And then I had to go through the experiences I had, which they said, that's going to assist you later on in life. So, you know, just to tell people listening, no matter what you've done in your lifetime, good or bad, it's going to shape who you are today. You should appreciate what you went through. Appreciate, you know, when your mother yelled at you for something and you think back of it and going, oh, she yelled at me and to this day, I never went to the school. Don't blame her. There's a reason why that happened. Right. There's always a reason why something happened. And in the end, you're going to be a better person for it. Amen. I love it. When you speak about they, I call, I, I call uh, my spirit guide team they. When you mm -hmm. say they let me know or they showed me or they told me, they, 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 who are you talking about? Just so the listeners know. They, um, call them the spirit people. Uh, they are because <laughs> people will ask me a question. They'll say, how did you know that? I'm like, the spirit people told exactly me. Exactly. Right. I, <laughs> yeah, like, they show the me, people? they yeah. tell you, right, right, yeah. right. They're them. That's how you say they I, them. I, you know, and I, I, t I tell people I'm a different kind of medium than other ones. I I've been to meetings before and they're like, I feel this is your mother. And I know this. I mean, that's not bad. That's how they work, but I don't, I have a conversation with them. And that's yeah. why a lot of times I, I do longer readings because I have a conversation and they conversate not only in words, but sometimes in sound, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes sound, sometimes sight, sometimes smell, sometimes hear. And then 
I always tell people it's like a Rolodex in my head. So whatever yes. experiences I have had on this earth, they've got to quickly rifle yep. through it and give me something like, you know, it's like playing charades. Yeah. It literally is sometimes. Yeah. And but I have had I have had spirit people who I mean, you can hear them as clear as day. Oh yeah. You know, you've I, had I that, agree. haven't you? It's like it's like so clear. It it's is like, unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. And you and, could really and and this is a whole nother topic and we could probably for sure talk about it. Uh, on another episode, because I think the the listeners would love, love, love to hear about mm -hmm. the whole mediumship piece. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I clearly sense the personality and the energy of the person. And it is just the coolest thing. I mean, I am still after doing this for however long I've been doing it. Uh, I'm still just in awe. Like, it's yeah. the coolest thing. So, um, but I want to ask you a couple of questions because- okay just to kind of circle back it's fascinating to talk with you what would you say and and then i kind of i, I want to have you guide us through what you experienced when you came back into your body what that was like maybe let's start there what was that like okay uh okay we'll start with that i do have to preface something though in the why i was under wherever i went and whatever connections I had, unfortunately, I got to see a lot of future. Um, I say that unfortunately. I mean, now it's fortunate, but back then it was unfortunate. They had told me about our little dog was going to get killed by the other dogs. They had showed me that. They said, this is going to happen. And also that you have to go back, but your brother's going to come here. Oh, and boy. I was like, yeah, whatever. Ooh. You know, I didn't even believe it when I was in the coma. I was like, no, I'm just, I know I'm doing this. This isn't true. And they're like, you know, sorry, but you've already attained this knowledge. It's just the knowledge that you obtained when you came to this place. And that's basically what happened. A lot of people you'll find when they have a near-death experience and go over there, you have to bring stuff back yes, with you. It's just yes, going to come yes. back to you. And and mine was a bigger, I guess, talent or gift, whatever you want to call it, came back with me. So also they showed me all these people in my life that were going to leave me, but I'm still coming back. So they just wanted to let me know, you're going to be back. All these people are going to leave you, but don't worry about them. They're going to come here where you are and you're going to stay there. So they just wanted to make that clear. Okay, whatever, you know, I just let it go. I remember waking up and a nurse, I, I opened my eyes and I knew I was in a hospital at that moment, but I couldn't move. I couldn't move at all. I couldn't move my body. I was like, what? I was just for as long as I knew, I was just running around having fun in the spirit world, doing all kinds of stuff, talking to all kinds of people, angels, anything. And the nurse goes, good morning. And they said, good morning. You know, and I was kind of like, where am I now? You know, you've been, it's like, is this another place you're taking me or what? You know, she said, how are you? And I said, I'm good. And I said, can I ask you something? And she said, yes. I said, I kind of feel alone right now. I said, I wish my parents and everybody were still alive. Cause see, in my memory, oh, they, they had yeah. all left and I came back and she said, Honey, your parents have been here every day with you for the past two months. When she said that, something triggered. It's probably the hardest thing emotionally I will ever go through again. Everything came flooding back. Every, the memories started coming back. I'm like, oh, I'm in the hospital. Oh my God, my parents are still alive. Oh my gosh, everything's okay. What happened? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I know they still tried to explain to me things. I, I apparently had woken up earlier than I knew and went through dementia tests. So my, I was up and doing some stuff with doctors and I wasn't aware of it. Oh, so wow. they, gave me a, they gave me a dementia test because they told my parents I had dementia and I was gonna have to be put in a home from now on because they said he doesn't know. I, remember, I do remember one thing, drawing a clock backwards. They asked me to draw a clock and then draw the numbers backwards. And I remember looking at them going, oh, what's a clock? And they're like, this is for time. And I said, what time? Because they were telling me this. They're like, you could not believe there is such thing as time. I'm like, there isn't. <laughs> I will tell you about the other side. There is no time. Yes, right. So, right, every, right. so everything happens at the same time. Yes. <laughs> which is odd. So did you, but, so you're saying you went into a coma, you came out of the coma. They thought you had dementia. Went and you back went in. back into a coma. 
Yep. Then what I went back. That, why I think did you go I, back in? I think they induced the second coma for why? whatever reason. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I, you know, they've never told me. My mom said you were so sick. They thought that you were going to, they said that you were unruly and there was stuff happening in your heart and liver oh, and all wow. this other stuff. So um, apparently I was upset when I did wake up. Um, but when I, but the second time when I did wake up and it started the flood back again, then I realized I'm in a hospital and I'm sick. That's all pretty much I knew. And they said, your parents have been here. And that was it. And they said, you're going to have to be here for two more weeks because they're going to have to learn how to walk. And I'm like, what do you mean walk? I'm like, oh my God, I got to learn how to walk. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? What happened? I, I mean, I was coming back to me. Yeah. And um, so anyway, I got to the hospital. I learned how to walk. My parents took me home. They were concerned at first because they thought, because I had, they said I had dementia, you know. So I get back home. I had home health care workers, all this. Um started to come back and started to remember a few things trying to process who i was again it wasn't making sense i was long stories there's too many long stories i was finding text messages from spiritual people who are telling me and this was odd there was one girl named dana i don't know who this dana is I alive or or alive dead. okay uh, alive apparently i guess she, we'd talk on Facebook because I was telling her about the spiritual stuff that I was trying to get into and that I was upset and that I wanted to ask, you know, God to, you know, kill me. I didn't know what to do. I was sick. And she said, I'm going to send you. And she sent me just uh, a black um, crystal that for protection that I, I didn't remember that, but she sent that apparently. And I'd never met her, but when I got home and I found my old phone, I was going through text messages and it was from Dana and and this one was sent be right before I got sick. They said, David, I have to tell you something. The angel said, don't worry. They're going to stay with you during this. They're going to stay with you during this entire thing. They're staying with you. So please don't worry. Please don't worry. Just pray to the angels to stay with you. And I was like, holy cow. Wow. That is so weird. And wow. then I got sick and went Ooh. in. So either she picked up, I, I've never met her to this day. So I don't even know if it's a real person. But anyway, that yeah. happened. The dog ended up dying, just like they said, mm. which freaked me out a little bit. And then I decided I didn't want to sit at home. I ended up getting a job eight months after the coma. I went and got a part-time job. I had to. I, I couldn't sit at home. I yeah, couldn't just sure. do be normal. And then my uh, older brother that they said would pass away did pass away. Oh, so sorry. He, it was very suddenly he got, um, it was so sudden within four months, he, he got uh uh, he had brain tumor and Ooh. stage four lung cancer and died four months later. And um, it was cool, how, though, how they showed me he was going to go. But they didn't show me like that. Did, how'd they show you? To let me know that he was leaving here mm -hmm. is there was uh, they were explaining to me how this was working in the best way. And they'll explain it to you in your terms. So I was we were both taking tests to go on a rocket ship because we we're going to go someplace which metaphorically would have been heaven yeah i could not go they kept telling me you can't go you're not well enough to go here you've got stuff to do here you got to take care of this but your brother's going to go so i remember wanting to go so bad and i watched out the window as the rocket took off and i just said bye i'll be there later and then as the rocket went up it blew up wow. it just blew up Ooh. and i went oh. i went wait what happened and everybody said, well, they're, 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 they're dead now. They're, they're going to heaven. I'm like, well, they left me behind. And they said, yeah, on purpose. Mm. And that's all I remembered. And then he did, he died. And it was funny that his, one of his favorite songs is by Elton John and it's Rocket Man. <laughs> and I used to, and after he died, it would play over and over and over and over. And a bunch of people had picked up on him and I, I pick up on him all the time. I talk to him, my grandpa yeah. hurts all the time. I mm. talk to I talk to my friends who have died all the time and and it's easy it's so comforting too i talk oh, to it is yeah, yeah and yeah. everybody can i wish i that's my goal in this life is to teach everybody i don't think it, you know i don't i know it's probably bad for my business <laughs> you know being a medium but i tell everybody everybody i read you have the capability mm -hmm. to do what i do with your mm -hmm. loved ones maybe mm -hmm. not with other spirits you might not you know be a medium like me but to your loved ones you can feel them you they are there they 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 don't leave you right 
Right. You can say hi to them anytime, and sure. there's a part of them that'll come back to just to say, well, hello. No question. And that's it. No question. Yeah. I love it. And maybe we could talk more about that, kind of you doing a little, a little mini lesson about how people can, can connect yeah. with their loved ones, because um, that is a whole other conversation. And, and people either don't know that when they communicate, uh, that they can't communicate, or when they all of a sudden kind of have this idea uh, or feeling of this person that there's actually communication happening. I can tell you right off right? the bat, not a, not a lesson, but if you, if everybody can just remember this, if you can believe in your heart of hearts, that there is really no such thing as death, right? It's going to be a lot easier okay. to say hi. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's the biggest thing that I tell people too. It's like, you know, the body dies. It's just, you know, it's time. And then you it go does. up and you learn what you need to learn. And if you're at a point where uh, you've really kind of achieved your learning in this earth school, right? You've, you've, you've resolved your karmic debt. You've paid all that stuff back. You've, even the, even the score, so to speak, and your soul has learned the lessons. It's like you get to hang out upstairs and yeah. you get to help from above. And uh, I'll tell people too, once you go there, eventually you're going to get bored and want to do something else. Trust <laughs> right. me. Spirits are, we are very, we are very curious by nature. Oh, for and sure. this is, and the plant, this planet is not the only place to visit. There's a million other planets. Amen. To visit. Amen. Yeah. And I, it's so funny. I, I, I have worked with people from different dimensions and uh, in person, they have incarnated as human. They're aliens. Different yeah. dimensions. It's you, I'm sure you have too. And it's just, Oh, oh yeah. I used to see, I used to see aliens. Yeah. Yeah. I saw aliens in real time growing up. Yeah. And that's yeah. how I know that 100%. I can tell, I will argue with people to the yeah. day I die yeah. uh, that they are real. I, absolutely with you. I agree. I yeah, agree. Absolutely. So let's, let's get back. Cause I want to, okay. I'm curious what, um, what is the biggest lesson that uh, there's, it's a two parter one. What is the biggest lesson that you as David learned? Um, the thing that you had the most profound understanding about for yourself and what, what information do do the gods want us to know that's a that that's that's profound knowledge that we maybe we don't know or what we need to remember stop resisting resisting what everything i mean easier said than done david There's, it is I mean, really that's so hard it is it's very hard but i'm just you know when i look at it from the sense of how they showed me what i went through as a child and and I wasn't the one who resisted it at first. I was totally open to it as a child. As chil children the, are, right? Yes. I at first the ghosts didn't bother me, and and when the ones that did bother me, when I asked them to stop, guess what? They stopped. Mm -hmm. It made it easier. Mm -hmm. So it was easy. And it wasn't until I let other people tell me what I was what I was to believe, and then I would clamor onto that. And then when they tried to come back into me again, I resisted it. I ignored yeah, it. I said, yeah, I am yeah. not going to listen to you guys. You don't exist. And I had to come out of the spiritual closet. I'm gay. So I had to come out of that closet too. I had to yeah, figure out closets. which one, which one I was going to tell people. They're like, are you gonna, I th sat there one day going, am I going to tell people I'm talking to dead people yes. or I'm going to tell them I'm gay. And this is very young. And I decided it was easier to tell people I was gay. And I grew up back in the time where they were still killing gay people, mm -hmm. you know, and left it where it was really bad back in like the early eighties, seventies and eighties. And you know what? I never had a problem with that one. I never, I, I, I'm very lucky, you know, and, and yes. my heart goes out to people who have to tell their family and they get abandoned and stuff, which is awful. But you know what? Be your true self. That's probably the biggest lesson that I have learned is you have to be yourself. Yes, be you authentic. If you're crazy and you think you're a little crazy, you know, enjoy that crazy. <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you need to go outside barefoot in the middle of winter to stare at the moon for five seconds because it does something for you, by God, go, go outside, take off your shoes, stare at the moon and do what you need to do because yeah. that is you. And there is a reason and a purpose behind that. Yeah. Don't ever be ashamed of who you are. Don't quit looking in the mirror and think that you have to be like everybody else. The body that you're in is nothing more than the vehicle you chose to run right. around in. And so this is helping. 
with lessons. Yeah, this is some. This is the wisdom that you gain, which is oh hey, yeah, it doesn't matter what you just, look like. Yeah, yeah, own your face, own your hair. <laughs> I, I, I tell people, here's something an exercise that I do every morning, and I have been doing it for years. In this house on my door, I got a full length mirror. I, I, you can see it, but the yes. audience can't. <laughs> when I wake up in the morning, when my hair looks, you know, because I used to be concerned about the way I looked and everything growing up. I, I get up in the morning, my hair's all over and I do a dance and I look stupid. And I say, you're so ugly, you're so ugly. And I make fun of myself and like, later on, you'll be pretty. You know, I just do whatever I want to do. Yep. And, I, and, I, and I see myself. When I look in the mirror, I don't look at my face, my hair. A lot of times when I look in the mirror, I will look into my eyes. Yeah, it's a beautiful so thing. So I can see where, who I really am mm. that day. Yeah, you know? I love it. You talk about coming out of the spiritual closet. I mean, I, I had to do that myself. That's um, hard. <laughs> it, it, you know, it was interesting. I'll tell you something. That there's something that for me, and, and maybe you can attest to this too. It's not so much the, the coming out of the closet as it is dealing with those people who don't understand what you're doing. Yeah. Because I remember when my gifts opened up, I, I, I was not... I, I, I won't say, I, I, I'll say that I had a few experiences and I was a kid, nothing like what you experienced. When I turned 40, boom, everything was like muscles, like this time, this time, girl, yep. let's do this. And um, uh, certainly my, my family kind of didn't buy into it. Um, uh, my sister is gifted, my sister-in-law, who she's married to is gifted, but nobody really talked about those gifts. So coming out of the spiritual closet, I was like the guinea pig black sheep of the family, like, welcome to my world, right? So, um, so I remember uh, just on a small scale pulling cards. Uh, I remember being at psychic fairs, reading for people and shit would come through that I, I didn't know. And I didn't understand later to find out, boy, you know, these are my gifts. And I had to learn about that and yeah. it shifted my practice. So now I, you know, of course I incorporate both you and I've talked about that a little bit when you read me, um, but it, it, it was, I remember having this conversation with my parents and my father who, I him miss him. You, you connected with him in my reading. Oh yeah, he's um, um aqua, was that aqua velva? No, was that it? it was um, Brute. A brute, yeah, it yes, was the green yes, bottle. Yes. Yeah. The green bottle, yes. The smell, I could not get that smell out of my head See? forever because it's like, I couldn't yeah. figure it out, yeah. It, com it comes in strong and I love that. But, you know, my daddy was a psychologist and a traditional psychologist. So when I told him I speak to angels and spirit gods, he's like, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. No, nobody's going to uh, just stay, stay traditional. Yeah. Nobody's going to believe that you talk to, I, and I talked to angels. And I looked at my parents, I said, but I, I can't do that anymore. Like it wasn't even my own decision. God yeah. said, no, this is it. This is it. It's your time, girl. This is it. And I, I, there was no arguing and I wasn't looking for their approval. I was like, I just need to tell you, this is who I am now. Yeah. And it took a few years for the family to come around. Uh, and even my father, I would start talk to him about the readings that I would do. Of course, not keep it, you know, keep it confidentiality, uh, talking about past life stuff. And he, he got it. And we used to have the, the most wonderful conversations. My mother started to and the rest of my family nieces and nephews are like, wow. Um, and, and what I found was, um, and this is coming out in any way, whether it's sexuality or spiritual closet or whatever, um, as long as you have a, a certainty, there's a deep knowing, there's a certainty, it, it just works itself out. Those people that are open to it will be okay. Those people who aren't, it's, it's kind of, if you can have compassion for those people who don't get it just yet, that's their problem, not yours. Yeah, it's, but like you say, it's just it's a knowingness, and you, it and is a knowing. You either you either accept it and embrace it and enjoy it and find the light in it, or you're going to punish the shit out of yourself. You're just oh, going to yeah, be miserable, people, right? Yes. Do not right? do what I did, and that right? was ignore it. Oh my life. That's part yeah. of your so. But you know, we talk about some it was contracts. Part yeah. It was part of that. So. If there was something that, um, so, okay, so here's one of the questions that I have. Um, is, 
is a near-death experience, maybe you can answer this or not, is this karmic, settling karmic debt? Or is this part of the soul's contract to have this experience, gain understanding, profound wisdom, come back and uh, share it? Is it karmic debt or, or soul contract? From what I learned about, and I know we all we all refer to it as karmic debt. It's just the easiest way to say it. Okay. But and but I the way I do feel like it. It's not actually a debt. I mean, there's not a collection company coming after you saying you better pay up. <laughs> sure. You got to pay up. You're gonna have a sure. crappy life if you don't pay up. Right. Because you have karma that you might have accumulated five lives ago. That's sure. not gonna show even show up in this one because it's just not time. Right. Um. We're going to accumulate things we're going to get karmic debt. And I think to have a near-death experience, I mean, yeah, it wiped away a lot of karma. And it did, but that was for so I could do the work that I do now. So, so it's a soul I had, contract piece, basically. I, I believe that it probably is in a way, but soul contracts change too. Okay. You know, people don't realize that. When you have a soul contract, it comes along in small print on the bottom of the contract. It says you have free will, yeah. which means... You can change your soul contract at any time and point you want. Now, I will say this, though. You have a beginning and you have an end. So your beginning, kind of like when you get here, it's decided and that's how you got here. Okay. When you leave, you've decided that's how you got there and you left. You want to get to right up right before this leaving part. So on your last dying breath, if you go, oh, my gosh, I just got it and then died guess what you just got it you're good it's all good but you're going to accumulate karma in uh, in karma's not always bad sometimes it, oh, karma's, sometimes karma's good and that's ah. what i that's what i do now i yeah. do have some karma and and karma's not as much your thoughts i mean if you think about somebody like if somebody makes you angry and you think or somebody cuts you off in your car and you think oh that person i hope they you know get hit by another car. Okay, that does nothing to your karma. <laughs> that's that's just a thought you had. You're probably a bad person. Um, unfortunately, the emotion that you felt behind that is, Ooh, is the yes. karma. That's the karma. So if it's an anger, if you said it in complete anger, it's not what you said, it's the emotion you had. That's the karma that needs to be cleared up. That, so, so it gets cleared up in several ways. You could clear it up that day or you could clear it up several lifetimes from now. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But I think karma is more emotionally based than it is what you do physically. Like when people say, she was mean, and then after, right after she was mean, she fell off a curb. So that's karma. No, that's not karma. That's unfortunate <laughs> that she fell off the curb. You know, karma is if she intentionally did, the one who fell off the uh, curb, she intentionally did harm meaning to like harm malice, that like person the intention yes malice yeah. there has to be an exchange if she's yes. never felt it before she has to now she could be giving karma to somebody else so maybe the person who's really sweet was a really mean person at that point so now she just experienced karma from this mean lady mm -hmm. so it all depends it's a fast, like this whole karmic debt. That's a whole nother thing. It's, oh, me and you India. You and I could go on for hours. I'll tell yeah, you Me what. and India just did a podcast. <laughs> I just did a podcast and me and India talked about it a little bit. India, who's been on your show yeah. before? And, and we even said the subject is too big. And it you could huge. never, literally could not. And then there's Western karma and Eastern karma. It all depends on how we think a about lot it. Of all I know this is, is the one thing that they did tell me, which is absolutely true. And anything you ever do is what you reap is what you sow. Amen. I will agree to that. That is absolutely Woo. the truth. That is truthful than anything you'll ever read in the Bible. What you put out, you get back. You know you what? You put out and, judgment, you right. get judgment. They, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. and I uh, just, today, it's very interesting because I just uh, published a podcast talking about how judgment hurts us. And there's certain ways that it hurts us. And there's a there's this R&B song uh, that says, you know, uh, um, or it's either saying that there's a, there's a song with it too. Uh, you know, one, you point one finger forward and three are pointing back at you. So you can't escape it. There's always, you judgment can't. always comes from who you are because there are things that are unsettled in you. So anyway, like I, we could talk forever and I, and I can't wait to have mm -hmm. you on again, but I want to sh share with the listeners, like, you know, I, 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 I really hope that you have taken 
or have gotten some peace uh, hearing about uh, Davy's experience and knowing that really the the body never dies, the the body dies, but the soul never does. And mm, never. Uh, and and free, you know, we have free will. We create our karma. And and I always talk to listeners about how when things happen in your life, it is for you. Learn what you can. And I, I the example you used is is so funny because I'm I'm I drive fast, and so sometimes mm -hmm. if I'm if I'm in a rush. There is some slow poke that will just meander right in front of you when I got somewhere to go. And I have learned now to make my default response. Okay, God, thank you. Got it. Slow down. Yeah. So if, if, if I always encourage people to shift into that kind of default of there's a reason, what's going on here? What do I need to know right now about this? Sometimes we don't know, but creating our karma is a very, very intentional thing for the most part when it comes to... Um, I think uh, bad and good karma. We can change our karma moment to moment. Uh, we, can. We, can, we really can. And, and that's, like I said, that's a whole nother topic. And I look forward to listening to your podcast about <laughs> karma. I'm excited. It's a wacky too. podcast. <laughs> wacky. So what's the name of your podcast? Tell the listeners, because I want them to uh, subscribe. The name of my podcast is called Mystics Too. You can find it on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, all, all kinds of places. I, I don't even know where it is anymore. It's everywhere. I just love doing it. You know, yes. I don't pay too much attention to it. Um, it's basically, uh, it's basically what it is. It's it's stew. It's everything I know about or my friends know about, and we put it in a big pot and stir it up and make something out of it it's it's there so i don't actually ever tell you to believe what i believe uh we just offer you different things maybe outside of the realm Beautiful. and you i always tell people make your own choice yeah make your own choice but like i said there is one truth and the absolute truth is nobody dies no such thing it's it's an amazing thing and i wish more people understood that i wish more people mm -hmm. didn't fear dying you know, yeah. we, we fear leaving. We don't want to hurt people. We don't want to disappoint people by leaving physically, but uh, there, there is nothing to fear about being dead. No, death is for the living. It's not for the dead. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So Mystic Stew, M-Y-S-T-I-C, Stew is his podcast. You can reach uh, David at theywhispertome.com. That's his website, T-H-E-Y. W-H-I-S-P-E-R-T-O-M-E.com. And if you want to reach out directly, y'all, I highly suggest you get a reading from him. You could already tell he's such a gentle soul and so gifted, so connected. Cool, cool, cool guy. Just have truly enjoyed today with you. So well, thank please, you so much. Yeah, please reach out to David at david at theywhispertome.com. Y'all, it has been such a pleasure for me, David, truly. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience, your insight. Y'all uh, subscribe to Mystic, Mystic Stew uh, because uh, I know I will. And uh, David, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, Janice. God bless you. You too. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.